Welcome back to Origins and Adaptations. This is Andrew. I'm Cody. And this is episode 26, and we have a show for you. Yeah, a pretty good one. I'm excited. Got lots of things to talk about. We don't have a central theme All right. this week, but we are. Uh, there's a lot of news. A lot of news happening this week. Just, just you know, reflecting on the, on the outlets mm-hmm. that are coming out. So one thing I did want to uh, touch on, I didn't even mention this to, to you before the show. This is, um, this is all new did, things. We, we did... Oh, new things. Yeah. No, we did rush the ending of the last episode a little bit. There was some, you know... Very spe- personal things. Very... Not, yeah. Oh, personal makes it sound terrible. Personal no, just, stuff. Just specific reasons. Yeah. Um, Non-terrible my da- personal... My father. <clears throat> my father. <laughs> it's okay, Cody. <laughs> you can talk about it. Oh, my problems. No. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, I just wanted to recap on our top five. Our top five. Yeah, so our why top, not, right? Our top five were number five, X-Men 3. Right. The Last Stand. Which personally doesn't make my top five. The <clears> reason <throat> why I say it belongs there is because it was a mutual pick for both of us. Yes. And also, let's look at it just from like a lot of geeks' perspective. A lot of people dislike that movie. It's yeah. it's it's a very widely uh, disliked movie. Also, you kind of have to give, you kind of have to be a little more critical of movies that have like a crazy, hella large budget mm-hmm. and still fail that miserably. Yeah. Um, and then four. Four was Superman Returns. Because mm-hmm. that was both of our number four. That's true. Which I yeah. think what that might make it. Eh, four, four is fair. Yeah. Four is fair. Uh, number three was Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Number two was Superman. Four. Four. And then number one was Batman and Robin. And I, I truly think that Batman and Robin at number one is not biased. No. It's entirely accurate. We may have had particular reasons, like at least for me in my childhood... It was the first Batman movie as a kid that I didn't like. Yeah. I watched it, and I remember thinking, like, this... this I, I knew it wasn't as good as the other ones. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't, you know, so long after that that I realized, wow, that movie was garbage. Yeah. But, uh... It's just a... Oh, it's just so bad. The whole Batman credit card... The, the part card. where Ra- Robin puts on the rubber lips... Oh gosh! I forgot. Poison Ivy. I forgot about that. <clears throat> That's so dumb. The it, fact that Poison Ivy like makes Bane. Well, here's the deal: you have Bane, Poison Ivy, and Mister Freeze, three characters whose plans in a an actual DC comic book would never freaking work. Like that's just. Oh, you mean like their plans wouldn't wouldn't coincide. Yeah, because well, a Bane is a genius, and they make yeah, he's him, a tactical genius, and they make yeah. he's a tactical genius, and they make him a moron. He's and just then, he's just your average thug. And then uh, in the movie, yeah, and then Poison Ivy and Mister Freeze, well, their plans could never coincide. Freeze wants to freeze the world, and Ivy wants natural plant life to overrun. Right, so it's clearly it's clearly the weakest of any. And big, in any, any big budget, it, what's funny is that and they it just crammed so many villains. Like it just doesn't even look big budget, though. That's the sad part is that it is big budget, yeah. and it looks like the Batman and Robin equivalent of like a Lifetime movie. Oh gosh, or, or a Hallmark. Movie I still, or I'm, I still remember that stupid motorcycle race that Robin had with Batgirl, and it's just this terrible looking piece of junk. <laughs> Like they're aren't they're on a, like a freeway or something, mm-hmm. and it's all it's all like special effects, and it's bad special effects. Does Batgirl have any experience in combat training or anything? I just remember that part where Alicia Silverstone goes, "Suit me up, Uncle Alfred." Yeah, and it's like, does which, she have any experience in? I which is explained in the comics because she's uh, Jim Gordon's daughter. So it's like he's taught her self defense, mm-hmm. and she's gone through self defense courses, and then she's trained with Batman. Yeah. So it's ugh, that movie. Okay, enough about 
the number one. Let's number go to one. number two. No, no. no. no okay. uh, so that was just a recap of last week, um, our last episode where we talked about our our top tens and our top five. Uh, so going on to this week, we got some news. Uh, let's start out with Sam Neill, the man, the myth, the legend. I mean, that might be pushing it a little it's, bit. It's pushing it a lot. Like <laughs> it's very over exaggerated. He uh, is. He is a dope actor. He is. Uh, if you do not know him, he is the lead character in the first Spider-Man, the first Jurassic <laughs> Park movie. Uh, he is going to be in Thor Ragnarok. So this movie just keeps getting these big name actors. To Two be of which are from Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park alum. Yeah. So, for those who don't know, why Jeff just... Goldblum was also in Jurassic Park. Yeah. So one also, thing, what's up? Jeff Goldblum was the star of the second Jurassic Park, and Sam Neill was the star of the third Jurassic Park. And then they never brought them back for that really obviously, you know, what would have been a nice little reunion. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one thing I was thinking of was that they never did any besides the um, the one scientist from the first park. They never really bring in any cameos cameos or, or other characters from the other movies like there's yeah. no I, I noticed that like and even in the second one for instance uh Jeff Goldblum's character seems totally different Ian Malcolm is a very different character he's not quirky or funny or, yeah. or silly he doesn't have any of that well I'm wondering if he just lost all of that edge that humor to him because of the first one like I was as a kid I was able to I was able to reconcile that just because of what he went through in the first movie. Like, like he almost got torn to shreds. Yeah. And so, and he was just bleeding out. So I was able to, and he's, like, he saw, he saw a bunch of people get eaten and killed. Yeah, no, so I mean, like, I get that. So you, maybe you're, you're like, saying they're suggesting character development. I'm, I mean, I don't think they were. But I was able to put that together just because of that. Oh, I got that he wasn't very excited about um, going to Site B. I, yeah. I understand that. But you have to remember, like, that's Ian's personality. Even during the discussions with John Hammond, mm-hmm. when he's like, what, you slapped it on a plastic lunchbox and you sell it. You sell it. And, like, yeah. he's still animated and kind of, like, quirky even when he's mad. No, I, I get that. He was, I'm just, what I'm saying, Andrew, is he was stoic and kind of like... Yeah. Well, when you, see, when you see people die, it changes you. Uh, when you see people I don't, get eaten, it changes you. When you it, almost get eaten yourself, but it wouldn't change. It, 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 it wouldn't you. change your the eccentricities of your personality. It would change the way you... Like, like I said, I get that he wasn't a fan of Site B, mm-hmm. but the fact that he didn't smile or you know there there's there's no moments where he seemed like himself like really at all it, it, it truly he seemed like a different character well he was i and that's why i say they probably didn't make it that way right it's, it's a moot I'm, it's a moot point because i know you still agree yeah i'm just saying like i can i can see it happening but no i i don't think they were doing that it's just different writers um I was told that Spielberg was thinking of a lot about uh, what movie would it have been, Saving Private Saving Private Ryan or Schindler's List or something. One of his big '90s blockbusters. I think I think he was working on one of them while he worked on the script for Jurassic Park Two. I don't yeah. I don't know when when they were released with one another. I'm pretty sure I'm sure I'm pretty sure Schindler's List came out afterward, but I think he may have been working on it. Yeah. At the time. Uh, well, that's the more uh, depressing of the two. Well, I mean, it's the heavier one. Yeah. Uh, but Saving Private Ryan was pretty heavy too. So. Oh He's gosh. He's got yeah. some pretty heavy movies. But anyways, I mean, it, it, what I'm saying is, it would be cool to see Sam Neill and yeah, Joel, so and Jeff Goldblum in a movie together. They're going to be in the movie together. It's kind of neat. Uh, at this point, we don't know who Sam Neill is going to be. Uh, so it will just be interesting. Uh, Thor Ragnarok comes out next November, so we got uh, a year until this movie comes out. I'm excited. 
pretty pretty stoked getting a buddy cop Thor Hulk movie um the vibe of this seems very metal yeah I'm, I'm well Hulk and excited. Thor are pretty metal yeah I'm hoping we get some gladiator yeah. Hulk like beating people up smashing some gods down <laughs> it's gonna be good uh, and then speaking of Marvel movies uh, Marvel has already filmed the next four Stan Lee cameos uh, because the man is, old. he is in his nineties. That man is old, and he is. You a, know his exact he is, age. He now? is a myth legend. He is the man, man the, myth the myth and the legend. legend. He is. Do you know how old he is now? Is he ninety six? He's either ninety six or ninety five. Yeah, he's up there. Yeah, and uh, he's gotten to the point where he can't go to conventions anymore, just because. I can't believe the guy was doing yeah. what he was doing as long as he was. Because a uh, signing, uh, just gets too hard for him. Sure. Uh, so, and just how uh, demanding and rambunctious the environment can be. Yeah, and meeting all those people. Oh yeah, he's he's impacted so many lives that, and people just want to tell him how much they they mean to him or to them. How much and, he how much he means, he means to, to them. them yeah. yeah. Uh, so those those next four movies, we already know what they are. Uh, number one is next month, which is Doctor Strange. Which is going to be an entirely different tone. A new film the, for Marvel. Yeah. yeah. Coming out next month. It looks like it could be straight out of Legendary Pictures. Straight. Or made by Christopher Nolan. One of the two. Yeah. One of those two. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, coming in May, I want to say it's May, uh, is Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. That's what they're calling it. And... Uh, we're going to get more of that action. James Gunn is returning as director. I feel like when directors hit it out of the park for their movie Marvel movies, they definitely bring them back. Mm. Like, they had John Favreau for the first two Iron Mans. Uh, the Thor movies haven't had the same directors. But uh, Captain America's Winter Soldier and Civil War both had the Russo brothers. And then uh, James Gunn is doing both the Guardian movies. So I think when you have a good director who meshes well with the, with the actors and knows how to write a, put to, a, write a well-rounded script that Marvel really likes to keep you on hand, those are definitely movies that outshine mm -hmm. the others. Um, oh, yeah. Then after that in July is My Boy Spider-Man. Is coming to the Marvel big screen, but you're. I'm not, hesitant. You're not thrilled. I'm not thrilled. You're less than thrilled. I'm less than thrilled. I'm sorry. I am thrilled, but I'm not. I am going. I I have my expectation levels down. I got it. But you're still chomping at the bit just to get into the theater oh, and see it. Oh my gosh! I will be there day one. Well, I am because I was just. I would be there. I, I, I was more than impressed, if that's possible. I was more than impressed by Tom Holland. Tom Holland's Spider-Man is the best Spider-Man I've ever seen. I don't know that you could get a superhero more accurate to the comic book on screen. Yeah. It was or, beautiful. Or the, or that's why I am... Not a superhero, a character. That's why I am, I am thrilled for this movie. I am thrilled. Beyond thrilled. And there's been set release photos of mm -hmm. him. I keep looking at them. And he looks great. Uh... It's the other characters. The other characters that I just... I I hope that they just do not ruin them. Well, the casting for the characters, right? Yeah, but the casting goes into the characters. Yeah. Like, you're changing the character for the cast. And I, I just hope they get it right. Yeah, I mean, like, well... I, I've already ranted about this. I, I know. I, I hear what you're saying, cause, and, and this is kind of the best way I can explain it, is people think of, oh, the, the characters... And then the cast, like, it's a separate thing. But it's not, they're not entirely inseparable because, like, look look back at, like, say, Star Wars. The guys who were, like, the next runner-up for Han Solo were guys like Nick Nolte and Kurt Russell. Yeah. Look at how different those guys Very actually different. are from Harrison yeah. Ford. They're, even... they're rugged, tough dudes, but look, I mean, it's, it, they're not, it's not inseparable. Well, just look at, uh... Batman versus Superman. Jesse Eisenberg's character is written for Jesse Eisenberg. And it destroyed the movie. Yeah. 
Like, no, no exaggeration. Yeah. You and I, and anyone, I mean, I would think anyone else who, who watched the movie, period, were like, oh man, this movie was, was so, um, uh, you know, dark and lacked any sort of, like, life or fun. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, holy crap, they were trying to make the life of the party <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. But they were, Lex Luthor they, were tr- they were trying to make him the comedic relief. He when should never be the comedic relief. That comedian. makes no damn sense. That's yeah. not the point of Lex Luthor. Yeah. Oh, but, my gosh. Yeah, that was... That was... Probably the biggest letdown of, of the last year in superhero movies was was Eisenberg's <laughs> casting as Lex Luthor. For me, yeah, not even his for, casting for, for was for for me. It wasn't so much the casting; it was the character assassination. That goes back to that feeds back into what I said though. Yep. The casting and yep. character yep. aren't entirely it, it, inseparable. True, true, true. He could okay. They, it is true that they could have play. They, they could have had him play a less Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor. But would he still have done as would he still have done a very good job compared to other actors? No. Say like, um, I mean, Cranston was what a lot of people wanted. Oh, that hurts. Or even like, dude, like Kevin Spacey rocked it. Say he what did. you want to about uh, his Lex Luthor. No, no, no. Well, about the movie. Oh, Kevin Superman Returns. Yeah, yeah. The movie was terrible, and like yeah. the plans they gave him yeah. were good, but like. As far as as far as like his presence as that character still worked. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying like Eisenberg could only he could only do so good at that character. Yeah, he'd only be he'd only do so well. Ah, just makes me. You know my other you know my my other big letdown. I have to be honest with y'all. Was a uh, Mystique leading the X Men and X Men Apocalypse? No, <laughs> um. <laughs> That one, I just... I don't know. We didn't even, we didn't even kinda, watch that movie. You know, I've come to realize that even though I don't despise all the X-Men movies, I was meant to read the Claremont comic books and all the classic stuff, and that's my X-Men, and the cartoon from the 90s. That's Those are my X-Men. It doesn't feel the same to me. I feel well, like that should that should be everyone's X-Men. Yeah, up high. Yeah, I know. I just, that's just how I feel about it. And, uh... Pardon me, refresh my refresh my memory. I'm trying to backpedal. Oh, uh, um, you said uh, most disappointment, oh, dude, in superhero movies. I think a lot of people are gonna say I'm a jerk for feeling this way, but honestly, Leto's Joker. Why would you be a jerk? A lot of people thought he was the strongest part of the damn movie. No, he. A lot of people was, thought he was laughable. Well, no, I mean a lot of people that I've talked to said he was the most entertaining. You know, the most entertaining screen time that any character got was when he was that entertaining character. And I kind of get it because he's the Joker. It's the it's the nature of that character to steal the show. I guess. It it's the nature of that character. Yes. He is by far the weakest Joker we've ever had. Yeah. I am including Cesar Romero. He was not a bad Joker. No. Anyone who... He was, who, a, he was a Silver Age Joker. Like, that's who he was. Yeah, he did... He did great. He had a yeah. great laugh, cool voice. Actually, Golden Age, Golden Age character. He was, yeah, he 66, was. He, he but... was the he was he was the Golden and Silver Age, yeah, uh, character version of the Joker, and um, Leto seriously was the biggest letdown of them all. I can I can say that without, you know, any remorse or any. Uh, number three on most disappointing superhero moments, Killing Joke. Yeah, <laughs> did did we discuss that on here? We Matt? did. For some reason, I forgot. It's because it's terrible. It was well, during our Killing Joke rant. Well, let's con let's concede once more that we neither one of us saw it. Yes, we have not seen this movie yet. We have seen clips, clips, and frankly, folks, that's all you need to see to know something's trash if it's trash. Yeah, and. The other parts of the movie may have had some redeeming qualities. That doesn't excuse a totally a, a totally crap moment in comic book history. Yeah, this was this should have been a straight forty five to an hour minute com comic book to movie adaption. Yeah, and they ruined it. Mm-hmm. And it makes me sad. They always put filler in it. Yeah. Yep. 
But off of off of that, uh, number four of the four Stanley cameos is the movie we just talked about, which was Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. And uh, that's coming out next November. So we've got Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. All movies I'm excited for. Absolutely. I'm, I'm stoked for all those movies. And then... Uh, some sad news is for those who know who Bill Nunn is, he was the man who played Robbie Robertson and, uh, the original Stan, Stan, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man movies. And, uh, he was a good Robbie. I really liked him. It's sad that he, he passed, but, but hopefully we get a, if they ever do bring... Robbie back to the Spider-Man movies, which they should, because he's a big part of uh, the... I said this wrong last time, and I'm going to say it right this time. The Daily Bugle. Because I said... Oh boy, you last, did say in Daily my, Planet. In my Spider-Man rant, I said Daily Planet, and you I am, I am, I am son sorry. son of a gun. I'm sorry. Uh, Daily Bugle. Um, which is J. Jonah Jameson, uh, and Robbie Robertson's his kind of like, uh, co, his editor-in-chief, in in a sense, and he ends up taking over for the company, Mm. and his, it's either nephew or son is actually the character Nightcrawler, who is currently working for Spider-Man in the comics. He's, uh... That's dope, G. Whenever... Peter Parker is there. He appears as Spider-Man. Like, he puts the costume on so that way no one knows that Spider-Man and Peter Parker are the same. You know, that's cool, man. I've always been cool with that, you know? Whatever you can do with... (laughs) I'm going to smack you. No, 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 no. no. I I, I think that's that's an interesting... It's the only interesting thing about the amazing Spider-Man right now. Yes. That's all I was going to say. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. It's, a, uh, it's, it's an interesting thing to add to that comic book series. I get, I, I agree. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Andrew just thinks I'm being full of crap right now. It's hard not to. It's hard oh. not to. <laughs> uh, speaking of the Sam Raimi... See all these transitions I got here? Speaking of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, uh, they were made by a uh, certain company called Sony, uh, who is the devil. Um... <laughs> They By the my, way, they ruined my man. And you know what else? Philips headphones, at least the earbuds are better. I don't care what anyone says. Anyways, go back to what you were saying. Uh, I love my Philips they headphones. Are, they are creating a Valiant cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know who Valiant is, they are a, a publishing house. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Dark Horse, Marvel, Image, Word. DC. They have their own comic book line. So... Uh, It'll be interesting to see. Hopefully they do not make them product placement advertisements like they did with Amazing Spider-Man 2. And we, uh, they won't destroy the characters like they did with Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Uh, for real, I just saw a guy in a movie with an Electro <laughs> costume on. And I forgot yeah. what it was because, I mean, I... I didn't read a ton of Spider-Man, like the, the, the classic stuff. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what his costume or how what it looks like or what it would look like on the screen because, well... Is it... It's not on the screen and he doesn't look anything like he should. Is it weird that I... come close. I noticed the costume. Like, that's... When I first walked into the room, uh, Cody was watching this movie... And I just, I walked by. Like, I didn't even watch and stop. Mm-hmm. I walked by, and I went, oh, he has an electric costume on. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, uh... And I turned around, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, it was, it just, like, snapped right to the forefront I knew, of my mind. I knew it was a classic, like, Silver Age costume yeah. that I couldn't place. His costume it, now is... That, would you say the, would you, would you say that electric costume is... It's classic, but it's also kind of generic. It's well. It's not like so it's not one. It's not one of the Marvel's actual best costumes. The maybe. actual costume is generic. His helmet is the goofiest thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what his helmet looks like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the stupid electric star. Yeah. 
It's yeah. just like, that's so dumb. Oh, yeah. So, I understood why they changed the costume for the movie. It's It was just... Oh, yeah, you It can, was terrible. Yeah, you can you can change it. I just thought that the what they did with Jamie Foxx's Electro... Was bad. Was weak sauce. Uh, I would have enjoyed it if the costume, re- like, had callbacks at all to yeah. the original costume. Like... They change Hawkeye's costume in the Avengers movies, mm-hmm. but they still keep it purple, and they still keep it kind of like that same, like, vest-type purple, even though the yeah. costume's different. And so it's like, I know that that's Hawkeye, because he has a bow and arrow, but because of also the purple, which is what Hawkeye wears. Whereas with Electro, it's like, I... None of this to me. He's like a... He's not electrified Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, I mean, image-wise, yeah. Yeah, and and we talked about well last episode when we were talking about the worst superhero movies. We mentioned the dubstep samples, which sounds of itsy bitsy spider. Yeah, it was just it was like bah, 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 bah. did it do that really? Yeah, I don't even remember that. That's terrible. <laughs> wow, yeah, well, that movie. That's why it wasn't up my top ten. Uh, then moving on, so I got this. A game on my mobile device uh, called Teeny Titans. Teeny Titans. And it's actually really fun. If you guys have a spare $4, I would go uh, purchase it. It's Since it's a paid-for game, there is no freemium stuff, so you don't have to worry about like certain lives you know per what? day. Freemium? Fruits freemium. Freemium is like you get five lives per day, mm. and you can pay more to get more lives per day. Doesn't sound free to me. That's why it's called freemium. I thought, um, I thought it was premium. Uh, well, it's still free. Like you don't have to pay for it. You can you can wait it out. Okay. But if you want to get that done quickly, Mm-mm. you pay for it. Gotcha. Uh, so this game does not have any of that. You can play as many times as you want. Uh, there's no. You don't pay for different things within the game. So all the currency you earn in-game is you are actually earning in-game uh kind of like a normal video game it's a it's a turn-based combat based off of um so uh nintendo released this thing called amiibos and all your your characters you're collecting essentially you're collecting amiibos in this game and it's teen titan characters uh um, from the show Teen Titan Go, which is a spinoff of the Teen Titans animated series back in the early 2000s, which is an adaption of the Teen Titans comic book line with Starfire, Beast Boy, Raven, Cyborg, and Robin. Uh, Tim, uh, Dick Grayson's Robin. And it's, it's actually really fun, um, collecting all your different teams, and then they have, like, a kind of like Pokemon, they have different... Um, types and different types do more or less damage against other types so it's it's pretty cool it's really fun I would definitely recommend checking it out if you're into those like turn-based kind of combat games and collecting games because there's 70 currently there's 73 different uh, Titans that you can collect and it's been really fun a blast Uh. Then let's get to the main event. Okay. So, um... Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah, so we've been wanting to talk about this for a little bit, and for some reason we keep neglecting to mention it. Well, yeah. But, um, I'm... For a while I was kind of skeptical about it. Well, actually, at first I was like, oh, yay! Mm -hmm. And then I was kind of like, oh, no. They're making a Power Rangers movie. Um, so... One of the stills of Rita Repulsa I thought was actually pretty awesome. And then I saw a new still of... This one. Yeah, the the Power Ranger suits, and I thought they were kind of a little, a little too stark industries. <laughs> yeah. And then there's that side view... Of them all. There's a yeah. side. Okay, there's a side view of the Power Rangers. The helmets. Of the, of, the, of the helmets, and you can see that they're not very they, they don't look earthly they have a very kind of yeah alien look to alien them vibe to them let, let me see that real quick 
Yeah, honestly, it the texture on the suits looks different. Do you remember that movie Starman? Yeah, I never saw it though. I don't think. I didn't either. But I know the cover. That looks like his suit. That's kind of funny. I hope it's more high quality than Yeah, I mean it it looks more high quality. But it just that's the first thing I I thought of. Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, no, you're fine. Um No, I, okay, any anyways though. So what's really deaf is I saw the Zords on the posters on what website? What what page is that? Imgur? Uh, Im- oh, Imgur is just a image hosting site. That's where you sent it through, though? Yeah, I found it on Reddit. Okay. Yeah, I know. Um, anyways, the Zords have really cool features. Yeah. Just from... You get glimpses of all of them, and you, you, don't, you don't see too much, but like you can yeah, see the tusk of the Mastodon. Yeah. The tail of the Tyrannosaurus looks amazing. Yes. And then, dude, look at the face of the uh, of the saber or the, the, me, the triceratops. Yeah, yeah. it Ooh, looks really cool. It's rad. Well, and what's then... cool is is they don't look too different, but they don't look too uh, similar either. Yeah. Like they, you can tell each of these apart. Yeah. They okay. So my my biggest concerns were they're gonna make it look too Michael Bay. Yep. Or they're gonna, or they're gonna make it look too, I don't know, splashy or splashy, too like you know, too phony, yeah. and it, it doesn't look like it's gonna be either of the, either of those, because and, they, uh, they aren't going for the sort of like, they don't really look like robots, they look like statues, almost. Int- they, yeah, they almost have this. You know what I mean? Yeah, they look almost kind of like they're they're. Move, movable statues. I'm hoping this movie is Pacific Rim meets Power Rangers. Like, I hope we get a lot of Zord action. And a lot of Charlie Day? No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> like, Actually, Charlie Day being... That'd be pretty cool. What if Charlie Day was, like, the the clerk at the juice bar? <laughs> what if he was, uh... I mean, he wouldn't really make sense as Ernie, but, I mean, he could just be another guy. <laughs> No, I'm interested to see how much of... Now, that's what... Because they got the Zords so spot on, I'm curious if they're going to do things like that. If they're going to actually have the the youth center with the juice bar and... The, they and, have to have a skull and... And bulk. And bulk, right? They have to. I would think so. I mean... It'd be... I hope they also don't try to make them like the cool kids. Skull and bulk? Yeah, because they weren't. No, Skull and Bulk were dweebs. They were dweebs. That, that was the thing is they Which thought is funny, they thought they were being bullies. It's funny because they were bullies and they were bullying the cool kids. The, yeah, the Power Rangers were the cool kids. Like Jason and Tommy, uh, Tommy and Zack, uh Trini and, and Kimberly. Trini. Billy was the only one who That was like the nerd. He was kind of like the screech. He yeah. was the he was the nerd who was allowed in with yeah. the cool kids. And they and they had his back no matter what. Which is which is awesome. I, yeah. I I kind of liked the unity, the sense of teamwork that the Power Rangers uh, TV shows kind of yeah promoted. So we we were also uh, interested if they were going to keep the names of the characters. Right. Uh, they are. So Jason is the Red Power Ranger. Zach is still the Black Power Ranger. Uh, Billy is still the blue. blue. Trini is still the yellow, and Kimberly is still the the pink. The interesting thing is a big part of Zack's character was his black heritage. And he's a, a hip-hop dancer. And he was a hip-hop dancer, uh, and he is Asian in, right. the, in the movie. And, and Billy is the, the black kid. So I'm wondering if they're going to transition Zack's personality into Billy, or if they're going to keep Billy the nerd, but he's just a black nerd. Yeah. I, I mean, I was just thinking, like... And then... Did, did they have a focus on Trini's heritage being Asian? Yeah, they did. Um, and then she she's has, Hispanic she, in this movie. Yeah, she she has... They definitely go into her heritage. There's a couple times in the show where she brings back things from... I think she visits China. Okay. She, I think she visits home yeah. at one point, and she brings back, like... I think I think she brings back a lantern. Okay. Like a garden lantern. So And she, and she talks about her heritage and how it's important to her. So it's interesting that they've made these choices... 
Um, um, well, the thing I was... Okay, no, this, I mean, Trini was originally in the first pilot. She was... She was Hispanic, so... I I mean, I guess that's... They were able to do that there. I think that I think there were two pilots. <clears throat> I think there was an unaired pilot that she was in. Yes, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, what you're saying about Billy and Zach is... There's a chance that it, it might just be that the hip hop guy is the Blue Ranger this time. Yeah, that's and, a, that's and a, that's maybe and maybe Zach is the is the nerd. Like the Black Ranger is the nerd. Like they're gonna keep which which would be interesting because then they're also playing to a stereotype there since he's Asian. What's that, Zach? Which stereotype? That the Asians are like the smart nerds. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, it, it's going to be interesting either way. Or the, I'm, you, I'm, but you, you think it's possible that they're trying to... Well, you, you think <clears throat> that it might be possible that they're trying to reverse it and just have Zach be a hip-hop dancer and be Asian and then have Billy be a nerd and be black. Yeah. They could also be going that route. I See, this is... I would actually prefer that. I'd prefer that over the switching, oh, just because that way you're keeping... The, what, what as, a, as, as opposed to, like, keeping the same characters and, and more or less switching their names and Zords. Yeah. Gotcha. And the reason I want it that way is because, what am I all about? Keeping the character straight. Um, and I think that would be a good way to get rid of that stereotype that the originals kind of portrayed, um, where you have Zach being an Asian hip-hop artist... No dancer. Yeah. Uh, and then the dancing's an art. Yeah, you can put it that way. And then and then Billy being a, a black nerd, uh, which isn't uh, portrayed a lot. Nowadays. Well, not yeah. Neither one neither one of those feed into a stereotype. Yeah, and so and... it w- it'll be refreshing. Like if this happens, this will actually be one of the most refreshing diverse movies. Well, here's the thing though, and I'm curious how um, the black youth will respond to this. Um, is because so many, um, so many, uh, black kids that I, I grew up with, that I knew, identified with him because he stuck out as the Black was, Ranger. Was... And then when I watched a YouTube interview, or an interview, an interview on YouTube with Walter Jones, um, who honestly, who plays yeah, plays like one of the coolest, out of all the old cast members, he's one of the one of the nicest guys. Yeah. He he was saying, yeah, I had. He was like, I personally had no problem with it. He's yeah. like, it made me stand out more. And the the kids, all the black kids, were like, yeah, yeah, like like you're our guy. Like like you you really stick out, and and you're like this very obviously proud like African American yeah. black um, character character who embraces the hip hop. Uh, culture as part of his fighting style yeah with, with hip-hop keto which i don't i don't know if it's if that's a very common um practice but i i do know that i think he was at the time i think one of the few guys famous for it as far as like in pop culture yeah and uh jason frank actually said he because jason david frank was a, a very into uh hip-hop music he actually said i was i was jealous that he was able to incorporate those two into his character style. Well, well, well in, incorporate that into his martial arts. Yeah, because he was like, this guy could do high kicks like no one's business, and he and he would incorporate it into rhythms. Yeah, and dance pretty moves. cool. Which I mean, like obviously it's not a practical fighting style, but it's neat. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we'll see how how the black youth like respond to that because maybe maybe some will. Yeah. Will respond to it like, yeah, we're we're glad we're breaking a stereotype, because they're trying to say, hey, it could be anyone. Yeah. As opposed to some who might say, well, we we liked him standing out as the Black Ranger. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I I personally don't think it's that controversial that they're doing it. I I think it, they're just trying to be different. And no, they're definitely. I, being I different. think different people will feel differently about it, like anything else. To me, I I the way I I want it to be is. That the characters stay the same no matter who they're changing. Yeah, that's the that's the way I would want. Um, then to finish off these this news segment, uh, big shout out to uh, Kelly Bender and Nathan Kelly. They uh, were doing like a 
uh, comic shout out, mm. which is something we've never done before. We've done recent reads, but this was this is something different. Uh, it's a comic called Snarl, and it's a, it's a cool name. It it was a really cool comic. It's a one shot, and it's a I think it's Imagine Comics. I'm pretty sure it's called Imagine Comics through Imagine Comics, uh, and the story essentially was two detectives, two cop detectives, are chasing this lead of, uh, like, a werewolf. Like, there's been attacks by wolves, and people are saying it's werewolves. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a Scully Mulder kind of moment, where one of them kind of believes in it, and the other one doesn't. And so, that's the way, that's the vibe I got from it. It was like a, it was like a, a veteran detective version of X-Files. It was really gotcha. cool. The art style was very much like uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. Gotcha. Where you have like kind of like the skinnier limbs and like the big, uh, like the big hands, and the bigger heads, and it was, it was really cool. And uh, I highly recommend it uh, to anyone who's willing to look into more indie comics. Um, I would definitely get it. That's well, cool. They Check reached out. out. Yeah. Represent. Yep. Yep. And they're, they're they seem like pretty cool dudes. Respect. I wish them luck in the future on more things. Um, yeah. So let's get into some recent reads. What were your favorite recent reads? My, fa- I have a, I have two. What's your favorite, favorite one? Go, go. My more favorite one. Your should most, I go, most favorite. Should second I go to first. Second to first. So my second one would be Weird World, Volume One. Uh, stop giving that face. Uh, it's this story set in this <laughs> alternate world called Weird World. And uh, it's a Marvel comic, and it has a bunch of stuff in it. Like, there's a barbarian lady who drives a Mustang, um, and there's, like, crystal monsters and lava monsters. It's, it's like, a high fantasy realm where there's, like, technomancers and wizards and sorcerers. Are there ghosts? It's really cool. Uh, there probably is. I just, I haven't seen any, but there probably is. And it's this girl who, uh, in the middle of Secret Wars, at the end of Secret Wars, actually, um, she gets, like, tell, she's in a plane on the way to bury her mom's ashes, uh, in Mexico, because that's where her mom is from. And, uh, and her plane actually crashes into Weird World because of the events in Secret Wars. And so she's stuck there, and she's trying to, uh, get back home. And, uh, it's, that sounds it's, like a pretty, pretty awesome story. It is. It sounds out there. Yeah. Which yeah. I like. Yeah, I so. think you would like it. You would really like it. It's really cool. I like uh, out there stuff when it's. I mean, I liked Kill Audio. Which yeah. have you read that? That's the. It's 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 written by Claudio Sanchez, but it has nothing to do with the Emory Wars. Yeah. It's a fantasy. Yeah. It's it's kind of like. Wizard of Oz. Okay. On more drugs. Ooh. If you can believe that. <laughs> we watched that movie not that long ago. Or, no. You, were you there? No. I was there with Ben. Anyways. Um, and, I mean, I knew it was trippy as a kid. And, but, like, when you're... Was there a bus? Yeah. When you're a kid, though, you don't realize most kids' movies are pretty weird. Yeah, Hunchback of Notre Dame. That movie's messed up. Fern Gully? Ugh. Messed up. That movie's... That movie's... Yeah, it's genuinely messed up. Anastasia. Yeah. Messed up. Anywho. Yeah. What's your first favorite? My first favorite. My child. This was just a fun read. And this was from the 1960s. Uh, It was a storyline between Daredevil and Doctor Doom. That uh, sounds for real. That sounds awesome. And Doctor (laughs) Doom pretty much captures Daredevil. And he knows that he has this relationship with the Fantastic Four. So he captures Daredevil and then swaps bodies. So Doctor Doom is in Daredevil's body. And so Doctor Doom's plan is, hey, I'm going to go and attack the Fantastic Four disguised as Daredevil. Right. And so as he's leaving, it's a classic. This is a classic, like, supervillain story. Uh, As he's leaving, as you guys know... Daredevil is blind, uh, but he still has his senses that make him see. Mm-hmm. And so Doctor Doom is going, 
he's like, why? He's like, my vision is clouded. It's really weird. And But he goes, I think it's the mask. I think the mask is, like, I can barely see through the mask. Because well, he has lids oh, on right. the mask. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like Doctor Doom doesn't even know he's blind. Like, that's how good Daredevil's sight through his senses are. Right. So let me let me clear this up. So is it that... When he's in his body, he can't see, because obviously his eyes yeah. are blind, but he hasn't grown accustomed to those senses. Is that is that more or less what it is? Uh, and, and Daredevil's senses, like, his sight through senses isn't as vibrant as someone's sight through their eyes. Like, colors and stuff like that, it's hard For to Daredevil? see. For Daredevil? Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas with when Doctor Doom switched bodies, he still has that. It could also be because at the end of the day, that's in Matt Murdock. Like, that's a part of him. No, what, that's what, exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. What 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 he well yeah, what he sees, it's not just in his like it isn't just affected by by his eyes, which mm-hmm. are part of his body. It's also it's all it's also just like it's part of his personality. It's part of Yeah. Know, uh, but yeah. when he becomes Doctor Doom, it's the reverse. Mm-hmm. Where he's going oh my gosh, I can see. Like, oh. he, he has this perspective of like, and like, he almost breaks down. Oh my gosh. Because he's going, this is a miracle. And like, that's awesome. It was a good read. And then, I really like, want to read this now. They had this moment where the bad guys are like, <laughs> so Dr. Doom has a Daredevil in Doom's body locked up. And so Daredevil goes, wait, no one saw this happen. So he like turns to the henchmen and he's like, He's like, let me out of here. And they're like, Dr. Doom, what are you doing in the cage? And they're like, Dare-. he's like, Daredevil broke out and put me in here. So they like let him out. Mm-hmm. And he just like chases down Dr. Doom. And then, uh, and this is at a time that people don't think Dr. Doom is a villain. They just see him as a, a Latvian ruler. Mm-hmm. And so like he's on the street and Dr. Doom as Daredevil like convinces his henchmen that it's him mm-hmm. and he's like now if you see a, a person that looks like me attack them that's daredevil and so these guys attack him on the streets uh and then the police come and they're all like those guys are attacking <laughs> dr doom he's a mm-hmm. lat he's a latvarian like ruler we need to save him so they save daredevil mm-hmm. and it's just it's classic it's that's really it's cool really yeah. fun um and then daredevil then goes to uh Goes to Latveria and announces that he's canceling all trade relationships from Latveria. Oh, wow. And he, like, announces it over the news. <laughs> so Dr. Doom as Daredevil's like, oh, my gosh, I need to get back to my body. He's ruining my country. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's awesome. And then, and then uh, to finish it... That's uh, proof that you can be, like classic and campy but also clever and, yeah. and cool at the same time and then this part the ending is actually in a uh, Fantastic Four uh, comic because Daredevil actually sent a message to the Fantastic Four saying warning Doctor Doom is coming after you he's he's dressed like Daredevil mm-hmm. um, so they switch bodies and he never tells the Fantastic Four mm-hmm. that that happened and so he's like on the streets, and the Fantastic Four attack him because they still think he's in Do- he's Doctor Doom. Yeah, and it's just this really funny interaction. And then uh, Daredevil gets the help of uh, Spider Man and Thor uh, to help him fight the Fantastic Four uh, as because they're trying to they're trying to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a good story. It was definitely my one of my favorite recent reads. Uh, just seeing. All the classic stories. Speaking of the classic stories, when I walked in here, I saw you had a, a Hulk uh, issue out. Yes. Uh, so this was just fun. It's Hulk number 140. Uh, in this issue, uh, he has a quote from Arthur C. Clarke uh, where where uh, Hulk is starting to gain intelligence. There's a There's a interdimensional race that's like feet like teaching him mm-hmm. uh and there's this cool quote by arthur c Clarke, and then when it happens it says shazam 
And the person goes, and and Billy Batson said that. And if for those yeah. who do not know, Billy Batson is Captain Marvel, aka Shazam from DC Comics. So this is, this is like, when I saw, it, I just went, what? I was like, how? How did they? Were they able to do how that? How were they so, able to do it? So I looked into it, and the the copyright for Captain Marvel, aka Shazam, um, went into limbo in 1953. Because DC, I did know that, so that makes sense why they so, were able to do so that. So DC Comics shut shut it down because they said that Captain Marvel was ripping off of Superman. Um, they they shut it down uh, because they hadn't owned the rights to him yet. So pretty much what happened right. is they acquired the rights through this process. Um, but he was shut down from 1953 to 1972. So his rights were so kind just of, a year after that, or no? Yeah. Or was it, when was the year? 1971. Yeah, so it was just right after. Yeah, so this comic was able to do this because the rights, the copyright rights, uh, were not in effect during uh, Incredible Hulk. That's just so weird. That's yeah. really awesome, though, because that, that could never be done now. No, not at all. Copyright um, infringement is taken so seriously. So seriously. Like... But it, like, it wasn't even... The weird thing is, like, it just said Billy Batson. And it's just like, that is so... That's such a DC character. Like, Billy Batson is ingrained in DC now. And so it was just weird to see that in this this 1970s Incredible Hulk issue. Mm. But it was fun. It was, it, was a, it was like a callback to how fun comics could be in the back of the day. Yeah. We all... I mean, those of us who have read those those early bronze and, and golden and silver age comic books, you know how fun they used to be. They didn't, oh, yeah. they weren't always serious. Yeah. And there are some titles like, I mean, I think Green Lantern was super fun for, you know, the entire time Jeff Johns was writing it. Yeah. There are some titles that are, that came out of the modern age of comics that are still unquestionably fun. It's just, it's Superman it's, right now. It's happening few and far between. What's that? Superman right now. Is it very fun? It's very fun. Very fun. I read the first Rebirth issue and need to, I need yeah. to carry on. But, so, that's uh, that's about it. That's about it. Well, thank y'all for listening. It was a good, good, good episode. I feel good about it. Feel good about it too. See you guys. Talk to you guys later. Take care.